Welcome to the CND podcast in association with activists. Activists are proud to have been manufacturing in the UK for over 175 years. Hello and welcome to this CND podcast. I'm Deputy Features Editor Beth Kennedy and last week I spoke to Public Health England's Director of Health and Wellbeing Kevin Fenton ahead of this year's Stoptober campaign. Mr Fenton referred to pharmacy as one of the success stories of the campaign and also spoke to me about how e-cigarettes can be a useful quitting tool. Hi Kevin, thanks so much for being with us today. Um, so we will be talking about uh, this year's upcoming Stoptober campaign. Um, one thing that we found really interesting last year was that last year's campaign was the first to sort of condone e-cigarettes as a, as a quitting tool. Um, is, is that something that's going to be happening this year as well? Well, you'll remember last year, Public Health England published our first major report on e-cigarettes, which really demonstrated that e-cigarettes were nearly 95% less harmful than smoking, and that was a really seminal moment for us in Public Health England to encourage members of the public to understand the significantly lower risks with e-cigarettes, plus the potential for e-cigarettes to help people to quit and quit for good. So last year's Stoptober followed on really quickly from that report and that provided us with the first opportunity to integrate messages on e-cigarettes at that time. Okay. This year, nearly a year later, we now have even more evidence about the effectiveness and the potential of e-cigarettes to help smokers to quit for good. There have been the recent reports from the Royal College of Physicians which have underscored Public Health England's position on e-cigarettes and two days ago in the British Medical Journal there was another article which showed that nearly 18,000 members of the public have uh, successfully quit using e-cigarettes. So there's now an accumulation of evidence regarding the potential of e-cigarettes for harm reduction and that's why we want to integrate the messages this year. And and will it be pushing that more? So the best thing that a smoker can do is to quit and to quit for good. And the great news is that now more than ever, there are you know, so many effective ways to help people to quit. So whether it's NRT and the various NRT methods, working in partnership with the local stop smoking service, going to see your pharmacy to understand the range of methods available, as well as e-cigarettes. So the key messages talk about the fact that now is perhaps the best time ever to quit. We have fewer smokers than ever before, the rate of smoking is dropping in this country, we have all these ways to help people to quit, and those are the key messages we will be reinforcing. So e-cigarettes become part of a range of tools available. And did you notice any difference last year, because it was the first year last year that you, you pushed this on it, so did you notice a difference in how many people managed to quit or how many people took part because there was something that I think people feel is maybe more accessible than some other treatments. So the great thing about the Stoptober campaign is that this is the fifth year it's been running so we now have fabulous data over the last five years which really demonstrates that since the beginning of the campaign more than a million people have engaged with Stoptober and we know that probably about 225,000 have been able to stay quit for the 28 days. So we know that it's an effective campaign and every year we're seeing more people engaged and engaging in different ways with the campaign. So whether they're directly quitting with Stoptober or they're using that time of the year to, to make a quit attempt. And that's exactly what we want to see. What we will continue to do is to track the ways in which people are quitting, what methods people are using. And so as we increase sort of visibility of e-cigarettes this year, I'm hoping that we will also see an increase in the range of people either choosing to use an e-cigarette or looking at combining e-cigarettes with, for example, stop smoking services, which we know is perhaps the most effective way to quit. So what advice does Public Health England think pharmacists should 
uh, give to patients about e-cigarettes? Is this something that they should be encouraging or just maybe talking to the patient and seeing what would work best for them? Yeah, you know, it's really important that we recognise that there's no single method that's going to be perfect for everyone. And I think pharmacists are so well placed in their local communities, which they know best, and being able to understand a range of tools that they can offer to members of the public and to have that one-on-one conversation about what are their ambitions in terms of quitting smoking, what are the tools that would work best for them, and what sort of support the local pharmacist can provide them as they're on their quit journey. So what we really want is to encourage that conversation that local pharmacists are so well placed to have and that they're doing across the country thousands of times per day to encourage that conversation and then the best tools to be provided. Where can pharmacists go for guidance on cigarette, e-cigarettes? Because I think there's a lot of different um, documents out there. So is there any one place that you should go? Is it just maybe broadening your knowledge about this more generally? Yeah, so we would really encourage all of our colleagues to go through the National Centre for Smoking Cessation Support and Training. Um, on their website, <coughs> we have worked with them to develop online tools and training tools on e-cigarettes and helping to use e-cigarettes as a quitting aid. And there's specific resources there for pharmacists. So I would encourage them to go to the website to have a look at the guidance and to see how best to both obtain the information on what can be done, but also to be in touch with the centre if they have any specific questions. I think there's quite a, a mixed view on e-cigarettes from, from different people, certainly different pharmacists that I've spoken to. I mean, some people are sort of saying maybe having something that you are puffing on like a cigarette could maybe normalise that again. Mm. So do you think there's any danger of that or is this... Yeah, well, you know, the good thing is that we have been studying the intended and unintended consequences of e-cigarette use, and this is one of the main commitments for Public Health England moving forward. But we can't make up evidence where it doesn't exist. So, yes, we must be concerned about the normalisation of smoking behaviours, but if that was happening, we wouldn't see the significant reductions in smoking in children, which we're seeing. We know that smoking in children is now at an all-time low. And in the last year, we saw the greatest decline in one year in the prevalence of smoking. So smoking is now at an all-time low at 16.9%. It fell by nearly 1% in a single year. So those data don't suggest to me that we're renormalizing smoking behaviors. But what it is saying is that as people are using e-cigarettes and are taking up other methods of quitting, we're beginning to see the impact both in adults as well as in children. Some of the data that I've seen has sort of suggested that smoking, stop smoking rates have plateaued over the last few years. I mean, it is, how will Public Health England be tackling that? So, um, you know, there's so many data points that we need to be really clear about what the trends are. So we're seeing significant declines in smoking in children, we're seeing significant uh, continued declines in the smoking prevalence. We know that purchasing of cigarettes are declining significantly, they've declined by about 20% over the last uh, few years. So a lot of trends are going in the right direction. What the data on smoking cessation services suggests is that people are looking at different tools and methods to help them to quit. And ultimately, that's what we want to achieve at the population level. But we recognize that smoking uh, cessation services are among the most effective methods. So we're providing intensive support to local authorities to continue to work with them about improving their uh, services, but also helping them to think about how do they retool the services that they're offering to focus on the smokers that need the support the most. 
So we're now working on smoking in pregnancy, for example, looking at smoking in hospital services because too many smokers are coming into hospitals and leaving without anybody having a conversation with them about smoking. Sure. And of course, smoking in mental health institutions and in prisons. So if we can work with smoking cessation services to focus on those in greatest need, then we begin to have a different way of using those services effectively. I think another group that comes in those of greatest need are maybe people that have been smoking for a long time, so that habit is really entrenched. Um, is there a way that pharmacists can tackle that particular group, do you think, with, with the smoking cessation services, and if so, how do you think they can do that? Yeah, so you know, it really comes back to the point we made earlier that part of this is having that conversation. Uh, it might be a conversation to introduce methods, some pharmacists, especially in healthy living pharmacists, may be uh, already trained on motivational interviewing and can use that interaction with the patient to really go a little bit deeper to see, well, what are the barriers for you stopping, uh, stopping smoking and what can we do, whether within the pharmacy setting or by referring them to smoking cessation services to help them to quit. You know, one of the things I've learned over the last years in, in focusing on the public health aspects of smoking is that we've made significant reductions. There are now more non-smokers than smokers, uh, with more than 15 million people, about 15 million people who have already quit, and 7 million who continue to smoke. 7 million is still too high, but that 7 million are going to be people who are perhaps not ready to quit. So we need to continue campaigns like Stoptober. We need to continue that personal engagement and of encouragement so that when people are ready, we're there. So you mentioned that you know pharmacy is really well placed for campaigns such as Stoptober. Um, is there any particular way that Public Health England is engaging with pharmacists ahead of the campaign or is that something that's very much on the agenda? Let me tell you, this is one of the success stories of uh, Stoptober. So when we started Stoptober, uh, what was it, five years ago in 2012, there were um, about 6,000 pharmacists who were involved at that time, community pharmacists, and I'm really pleased to report that in the last year, we now have had engaged nearly 10,000 pharmacies. So about 87% of community pharmacies were involved. A significant increase over the last uh, four years, five years, and we're hoping to increase that this year. So the partnership is strong, the partnership is important, and the partnership is invaluable for the success of Stoptober. And this year, we're going to go further and faster. So we have fabulous engagement with our pharmacy colleagues. They have been instrumental in getting posters out, um, materials to help members of the public in terms of briefing packs, signposting them to the Stoptober website, as well as their own resources locally. And of course, it's the partnership locally that community pharmacists are working with GP practices, with local health services, to ensure that they create that local culture uh, of stopping smoking during Stoptober. So I cannot say enough Thank you to our community pharmacy partners for all the work that they're doing on this and many other issues, in fact, to help us in public health. And are there any ways that maybe during the campaign or after, if there's any feedback that pharmacists have about the campaign, you know, maybe how uh, we can be engaging more, that kind of thing. Is there any way that they can do that? Yes, absolutely. So we have a lead pharmacist here at Public Health England, Gull Root, that I know many people um, are aware of. And, and Gull is connected to a number of the pharmacy networks and forums. So, and we also have ways in which we are communicating with uh, community pharmacies. So we're always happy to hear from colleagues about what they're learning, what they're seeing, and what more can be improved for Stoptober. Is there any way in particular that pharmacists could encourage patients to engage in a campaign like Stoptober? Um, again, you know, looking at the strengths of community pharmacists. So ph community pharmacists are 
among the most accessible of healthcare providers. They're in local communities across the country. They are often drawn from local communities and therefore reflect the sort of ethnic background, the sort of social economic status of the local communities. I'd argue that there are no other healthcare professionals that have that sort of reach and accessibility that community pharmacists do. So in my mind, the answer to your question is leveraging all of those assets and using that ability to communicate, to engage, to raise awareness and to begin the conversation about quitting smoking and that will be invaluable and that I think is the first thing and the second is being able to refer people on to the appropriate services. So if you can offer services within the pharmacy, go for it, but if you need to be referring people to the online support, for example for Subtober uh, or apps uh, or Facebook pages, etc., please do so as well. So that signposting function is really important too. Okay, and is there anything else that you'd like to add? Um, so, you know, I just want to express my thanks again to Community Pharmacy. You know, in my role as the Health and Wellbeing Director here in Public Health England, it's really important that I work with partners to really encourage that spirit and enthusiasm around wellbeing and health. And to work with partners like Community Pharmacists, where there are more than, you know, 11,000 Community Pharmacists around the country, who are day-to-day -day in that business of encouraging and supporting that journey on health and well-being is incredibly important to me. The work that we're doing with pharmacists, for example, on blood pressure, we have a, a fabulous initiative that we're working on with um, Pharmacy Voice on blood pressure. The work that we're doing to support more healthy living pharmacists um, being developed and accredited are a true testament of our commitment to working in this space. So I, I think the final thing I'd want to say is just a huge thank you to all our community pharmacy colleagues. Thanks, Kevin.